Hey, what's up, all you crypto savages? All right, so if you got a little bit of human poop on your arm or on your hand, would you wipe it away with a paper and call it a day? No, you wouldn't. You would wash it off while freaking out. Well, the horrifying truth is that 98% of the people you meet in America have a dirty butt. Not anymore, because I would like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Hello Tushy. With the state-of-the-art Hello Tushy bidet, you can poop and then splash your ass with cold water and give your ass the love it deserves and stop wearing it out by scrubbing it with paper. Get the unbelievable clean, only water can provide and it's economical too did you know that by washing your ass with a hello tushy bidet an average household with three poopers in it that go to the bathroom three times a day will save an average of 479 dollars and 81 cents a year on toilet paper that's a lot of money you're literally flushing down the toilet hello tushy is sanitary and will cut down on pink eye occurrences hemorrhoids skid marks and dingleberries so run and get your hello tushy now by visiting hello HelloTushy.com. Use the promo code CRYPTONY to get a discount at checkout. All right, guys, and now to our regular episode. There are two words in modern-day language that horrify, induce panic, terrorize, petrify, and scare you death <laughs> those two words are crypto currency um but that's just ridiculous welcome to tales from the cryptocurrency it's not that scary it's not that difficult and it's not intimidating we'll prove it We'll have fun along the way. This is Tales from the Cryptocurrency. And now your host, Tony Casanova. Hey everybody, welcome to Tales from the Cryptocurrency, where I attempt to demystify cryptocurrency and take the horror... The horror out of Bitcoin and other altcoins. All right. So this week we had a good week, right? Like we predicted that Bitcoin was going to go to to the $28,000 mark. And I said this back on March 1st. And actually, uh, I was just looking back and on February 26th. So that's just a couple of days before uh, I said that uh, in March, we would see Bitcoin going possibly to $31,000 as well. So but uh, then after that, we kind of settled, uh, we settled on that $28,000 benchmark. So now that we've reached that $28,000 benchmark, then the where do we go from here, right? Like what's, uh, what's the new thing uh, that that we should be looking for? Well, uh, first of all, uh, we need Bitcoin can't get any lower than twenty seven thousand dollars, which uh, which, first of all, we shouldn't have any trouble, any trouble with that uh, staying above that right now. Bitcoin's price is twenty twenty seven thousand nine seventy seven. And with that being said, uh, as long as it stays above that through 
tomorrow, okay, so it has to close tomorrow uh, above 27,000. If it does that, uh, then there's absolutely no reason why Bitcoin isn't going to hit 30,000 like I talked about. So maybe even 31,000, possibly by the end of this week. If not, definitely by the end of next week, we'll see it happen. So uh, one of the things that's, that's keeping it from happening today is the fact that, you know, we have Fed news. Fed news, uh, which generally is good news, uh, coming out from uh, coming out tomorrow. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Now one of the, now one of you guys actually sent me an email that said, "Hey Tony, well, uh, yeah, Bitcoin hit twenty eight thousand, like you like you said, but the altcoins, the altcoins right now they're not pumping. So why is that? Okay. Well, the reason for that that's actually a very valid question, but. The reason for that is because there's something known as Bitcoin dominance, okay? And uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin dominance and what it actually is, uh, what factors affect it, and how you can use it to make better trading decisions uh, along the way as well. So first of all, I guess we have to start by saying what is Bitcoin dominance? So Bitcoin dominance is basically it's the measure of how much of the total value of all cryptocurrencies is made up of Bitcoin. So it's a basic principle that if the dominance of Bitcoin increases, then the value of altcoins will go down. So conversely, if the uh, dominance of Bitcoin decreases, then the value of altcoins will increase because uh, the money is obviously going there. So the Bitcoin dominance is also called uh, or has actually like uh, an actual dominance index. And there's a Bitcoin dominance ratio. And the bots that I code uh, actually make, uh, you know, use of this information as well because... This is a big influence uh, as to figure out when you need to buy and when you need to sell in cryptocurrency. So uh, the level of Bitcoin dominance uh, is basically determined by comparing the total market capitalization of Bitcoin to the total market capitalization of other cryptocurrencies combined. So the term crypto market capitalization, by the way, refers to the total market value of cryptocurrencies. That's all cryptocurrencies. The market capitalization uh, is also determined by multiple multiplying the total number of coins in circulation by their current price. So uh, the price of a crypto token is not the only way, uh, by the way, to determine its value. Investors look at market capitalization to get a bigger picture and to compare the value of different cryptocurrencies. So as a key statistic, uh, market capitalization can show you how much the price of a cryptocurrency could grow and whether or not it is safe to, you know, to buy it compared to other cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. There's a few factors uh, that affect uh, Bitcoin dominance, uh, and uh, and that is like uh, number one, all coins usage increases. 
So Bitcoin was created to replace fiat currencies and to be a common currency for transferring value. On the other hand, many altcoins go beyond being an exchange system. So as uh, they're also used in major projects, uh, they're they're used in gaming, they're used in security, uh, maybe art or DeFi services. Uh, as a result, Bitcoin's market dominance decreases as altcoins become more widely adopted. So. It's just a give and take. It's like, you know, supply and demand and that kind of all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> all right. So uh, the, the other factor, by the way, uh, uh, that 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 happens with Bitcoin dominance uh, is that stablecoin use increases. So we all know that cryptocurrency market is, you know, that the cryptocurrency market is is hot to trot. It's volatile. Right. It could be up one minute, down the next or whatever. So to deal with this, many people have started looking into stable coins, which is a type of altcoin. And a stable coin, by the way, is uh, can be any cryptocurrency whose value is pegged to another asset class to remain stable, like fiat currency or gold, etc., or like meta, right? So all of these are stable coins, basically. With stable coins, crypto investors don't always have uh, to convert their money to fiat currencies to lock in their profit. Instead, they can convert it into stable coins, moving your funds from the volatile Bitcoin to uh, stable coins reduces Bitcoin's dominance because it just takes strength out of Bitcoin. So that's like why I say so. As the use of stable coins goes up, then you will generally see, you know, a lot of cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, start to dump. And that's another indicator that we use uh, to, to judge and to forecast the market uh, these days. So uh, another thing that can affect uh, Bitcoin dominance is when new cryptocurrencies launch. Uh, many more coins are being introduced into the market every single day and uh, attracting more and more users and investors. So some of these coins attract investors and developers in, in a short time in their bid to gain market relevance. Uh, so uh, sometimes the project teams carry out activities to make the altcoin even more valuable for a short period of time. Some altcoins get hyped up on social media, making investors jump into the price pump for the possibility of making some quick money. Uh, those activities whenever something like that happens, like with bank and stuff like that, well, then those activities uh, reduce Bitcoin's dominance. So all of those are factors uh, that, that, you know, influence Bitcoin's, Bitcoin's dominance. And there's a bunch of ways to make money faster with altcoins than with Bitcoin, that's for sure. Uh, and Bitcoin's price is already high, you know, compared to other cryptocurrencies. Uh, it's also more stable. So many people are investing in altcoins to profit from more volatile and uh, and dramatic market moves these days. So, so what are a couple of ways that you could use Bitcoin dominance in trading? Well, uh, first of all, uh, you could use uh, Bitcoin dominance to determine altcoin season and other price trends. That's uh, one of the things that we do. So like right now, we're looking for altcoin season to come in, right? First, Bitcoin goes high, I always say. And then when it goes high, it moves sideways. When it starts moving sideways, then that's great for, for the altcoins. And that's when altcoin season begins. Uh, the, that generally describes a period when the price of alternative cryptocurrencies surge 
compared to Bitcoin for several weeks or even months. So this occurrence typically occurs when the price of Bitcoin, you know, begins to stall following a significant rise and investors transfer their profits to other coins, kicking off a new bull market for altcoins. So this is why I said today is a good day. Today is a good day to purchase. If you have, you know, if you're dollar cost averaging, just get into your alts today. You know, that's like what you're going to start to do because soon they're going to pump and you're already in some of them. So and you're already realizing some gains on some of them. So you can just continue to strengthen and fortify your positions in those coins uh, as we move to the new targets, which will be like 30. And then you know that it'll move sideways again and then it's going to pump and get hard again. Right. So so that's like what you could do. And you can spot like like these altcoin seasons by using TradingView, uh, you know, uh, uh, TradingView has a Bitcoin. They actually have like one of the indicators that they have is like the TradingView Bitcoin Dominance Index. And the index compares the market capitalization of Bitcoin to other cryptocurrencies. So, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a second. You're going to see why all of this is going to tie together. But the result can be used to determine uh, if it's better to invest in Bitcoin or if altcoins have a stronger trend. So that's what, what you can do. So uh, by, by using the, the, the uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, this is the problem when you talk by yourself is that you then forget where you're at. Uh, I, it's, it's the problem with, I, I'm sorry, the, the benefit of using Bitcoin dominance to determine when altcoin season starts, okay, uh, and when other price trends are also going to start. And uh, I'm going to talk about this because right now something just happened with this indicator. And I'll tell you what it is in a second. But before I do that, we have to first cover uh, what what uh, using Bitcoin dominance to trade uh, can do at market extremes, because sometimes the market uh, is reacting, you know, uh, not like normal. So when this happens, like between 2017 and 2021, Bitcoin's market share went as high as like 75%. And then it went like to as low as 35%. At the time of, uh, of at, uh, at the current time right now, uh, we figure that Bitcoin market capitalization will again go up above 75%. So you want to keep an eye on this. However, when the ratio gets close to 75%, it might be time to expect a Bitcoin price fall you know, could be coming in. So also uh, a ratio close to or below 35% shows that Bitcoin's dominance is weakening. And it could also mean that a price movement in the opposite direction is probably imminent at that point. So of course, uh, you know, all of that stuff is just speculation on my part anyway. So you have to make your own decisions regarding cryptocurrency investments and don't listen to me because I'm not a professional. Okay, uh, I'm a computer programmer, and that's like what I do. And I program bots that do all this stuff for me. But you have to know what you're going to have the bots do, which is like, you know, kind of like the interesting part of all of this, which is why I like sharing it with you. And sometimes you guys give me back good ideas uh, to have the bots use as indicators and stuff like that. So it's kind of like hive mentality at this point, what I do. And then like I try to pick and choose the best information that I get or the best questions and stuff like that and try to, to influence those. 
those uh, those things. Uh, and it has to be a part of like a bunch of stuff together because bottom line is like Bitcoin dominance by itself, it can't be used as like a standalone indicator. The Bitcoin dominance is a great way to figure out the market trend since it shows you how strong a Bitcoin trend is compared to other cryptocurrencies, uh, it can give you more information about the changing markets and when to adjust your strategies. However, uh, this strategy doesn't guarantee that Bitcoin or other altcoins are going to move as predicted, you know, like nothing does. So it should uh, only be used as a guide along with other indicators and strategies. Okay, so you'll want to you'll want to kind of take everything with uh, a grain of salt, so to speak, uh, and that kind of stuff. Every time anybody tells you that something is going to be a for sure thing, then, you know, run away from that because there's, uh, there's really no such thing as a sure thing. The one sure thing is that there is no sure thing. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to cover, by the way, is, is that that indicator right now shows for the first time in a long time, it shows that there is uh, a big divergence. So you know that right now uh, there's a lot of talk about what happened with, you know, the banks and all of that kind of stuff. And people are talking about, like, were some of these banks actually in trouble? What's going on? Is the government coming for crypto and all of like that kind of stuff, you know? So it starts to get scary out there. And what basically like what it is, it's it's the beginning of of news that might influence the market, you know, in a few days. So what you want to do is you want to, even though like the market's doing what we, what we currently want it to do, you always have to be leery, you know, I mean, you have to be leery of what's happening and you have to know that market conditions can change on a dime. So you want yourself to be ready for that at any time. Okay. So just keep a close eye on your portfolios. If your numbers start to get low, get out, put everything into stable coins, uh, and then we'll write it out. Now, I'll try my best to give you, you know, the best inner, you know, the best, uh, indicator of when we are going to be exchanging and and all of that kind of stuff so make sure that you are signed up for for uh, for email alerts and and that kind of stuff as well okay uh, today I'm going to be talking about a couple of coins that we added already to our portfolio uh, which is which is kind of cool but one of the things that I wanted to cover before I talk about those uh, even though this isn't like a a big uh, you know this isn't generally an altcoin from the from the crypt section uh, I do want to talk right now about Arbitrum uh, and it seems that the Arbitrum airdrop is a go uh, so uh, well, it's going to be something interesting to go after. So uh, they're finally airdropping their uh, new governance token, which is called ARB Arb. Uh, and Arbitrum is basically the biggest layer two blockchain on Ethereum with 1.6 billion in value lock. So these layer two networks make Ethereum transactions faster and cheaper for the end user. 
And uh, what's basically happening is is that ARB tokens will airdrop or be released for free to users. The airdrop tokens will represent 12.75% of the total ARB supply of $10 billion, uh, and the tokens will only be used for governance purposes. So Arbitrum transactions fees will still be paid in Ethereum. So why is this such a big deal? Well, there's a few reasons. Uh, first of all, it'll allow, it'll allow Arbitrum users to govern the project, uh, whoever holds Arbitrum gets to vote on the future changes made to the protocol, such as uh, we're doing at MetaHedge, same kind of thing. Uh, the token launch will create a decentralized autonomous organization, DAO. Uh, Off-chain labs, Arbitrum's creator will slowly turn over control of the protocol to the users. Uh, the DAO will be self-executing at some point. Uh, when there's a majority vote, changes will automatically be carried out on-chain instead of a team needing to implement them into the network's code. So that means that this is a huge step forward, fully decentralizing the Arbitrum project. So keep your eye on it. Plus, another thing uh, is people can make serious bank on these airdrops. Uh, you know that I've had the uh, Kryptoni airdrops uh, channel on Stockforge for a long time. And uh, I actually know somebody who's uh, made six figures uh, in one year from airdrops. So uh, that's three times his highest salary ever. So you want to keep an eye on that. There is definitely value in airdrops. So, yeah, crypto investors uh, basically wait for airdrops like music Fans wait for a new Drake album. All right. So uh, how do you get access to the airdrop? Well, if you haven't been using Arbitrum, it's uh, too late for this one. Arbitrum is airdropping ARB to the people who have previously been using the network devotedly. Uh, it isn't for fair weather users, by the way. So if you have been using Arbitrum, you can uh, basically go to the website and see uh, if you are eligible to, to claim their airdrop. The trick going forward is to think about which project might airdrop next and kryptoni airdrops on stockforge is a great place to go and grab some of that information so make sure that you go and check it out there as well okay uh another thing uh staked ether withdrawals are coming so ethereum is undergoing a period of rapid infrastructure development within the next two months uh the shanghai capella upgrade will simultaneously upgrade the blockchain's execution and consensus layers to enable staked ethereum withdrawals Charles. Uh, if you want to find out what that means for stakers of the Web3 ecosystem, well, uh, they've actually produced, uh, Ethereum has a, a bunch of information on their website, so you can go and check it out there uh, as well. Okay, and uh, finally, guys, you know that uh, there has been a lot of information with the U.S. regulators uh, forcing Signature Bank to shut down last Sunday. Uh, this wasn't a small town George Bailey Bank. This was a New York-based mega entity with more than $100 billion in assets and customers like Coinbase and Paxos. Only 25% of the bank's assets were crypto. Uh, there's a myth out there that Signature Bank was shut down because it was a systemic risk and uh, was to be investigated over money laundering issues, weak data reporting, and its ties to FTX. Uh, the truth is there might be uh, more to the story. So here's two reasons why. Uh, number one, this was a perfect opportunity for anti-crypto regulators to kill another crypto bank. Barney Frank, a signature board member, self-described 
Market Crypto Skeptic, said that the shutdown was only to send a very strong anti-crypto message. Uh, one of his reasons is because the FDIC, uh, the agency basically that seized Signature, never said that the bank was insolvent. Uh, so Frank reiterated to New York Magazine Wednesday that the government just wanted to use Signature as a poster child to scare banks away from crypto. So whoever buys Signature has to close its crypto business. And this one smells officious. Regulators uh, had uh, previously said that Signature's closure had nothing to do with crypto. But then Reuters reported Thursday that the FDIC is hunting for a buyer for Signature. And whoever buys it will be required to shutter the bank's crypto accounts. So the FDIC, FDIC pushed back on Reuters and said that the buyer doesn't have to divest its crypto business. So who knows? Anyways, my take is that the optics aren't good for regulators who say they didn't take Signature down because of crypto. So that's what I think. There you go. All three banks, SVB, Signature, and Silvergate, were friendly to the crypto industry, by the way. So Signature was merely the last one that didn't need that needed striking down. And the U.S. has proven a has a proven track record of being officially unfriendly to crypto innovations. So if the future buyer doesn't uh, also get Signet, the platform signature offered to easily transfer funds from crypto to fiat as part of the deal, then uh, we'll have our answer as to what's going on. Okay. So with that being said, uh, Fidelity has opened up Bitcoin trading to the public. So that's something new. Customers can buy and sell the asset, but they can't transfer it to a self-custody wallet. So remember what I say, not your keys, not your crypto. Uh, so watch out for that. And about 70,000 Bitcoin uh, has been transferred to the self-custody wallets since SVP collapsed last Friday uh, per Glassnode data. So keep your eye on that. FTX crypto influencers on YouTube are facing a $1 billion class action lawsuit. It alleges that they promoted the exchange and are liable for damages. And uh, Tether, uh, is a, which is a stablecoin's market cap, uh, is now double USDCs, which is its rival. So uh, Circle, which issues USDC, said that it has $3.3 billion in reserves stuck on SVB. So there you go. When you try to kill crypto and you end up crashing your dirty fiat system instead, then uh, then washa. There you go. That's what I'll tell you. Okay. All right, guys. So with that being said, I'm gonna uh, take a break here, and uh, when I come back, we are going to talk about what's going on at MetaHedge. We have some exciting stuff going on at MetaHedge. I will also talk uh, a lot about Centrifuge. Okay, and what's going on uh, at uh, CFG. And right now is a perfect time to buy CFG. It's had a pullback to 31 cents. So anyways, uh, keep your eye on that if you are looking to get in today on dollar cost averaging day. All right, guys, I will be back in just a second. Don't go anywhere. This is Tales from the Cryptocurrency. And now we switch it up. From prices and news to altcoins from the crypt. And what's new at MetaHedge? And we're back. All right, guys. So first, I wanted to talk about uh, at MetaHedge. Um, on Friday, we burned roughly $6.5 billion, That's right, with a B. Uh, meta tokens. Now, those were the governance tokens that we actually burned. Uh, and the reason that we did that was to start to establish some equity. So 
The reason that we didn't burn a whole bunch more is because we will be burning some this week as we begin to establish what equity is. Now, one of the things that partners will have to do here very shortly uh, in the future is uh, you will have to vote on how many tokens uh, the developers are actually going to keep uh, as part of the platform, okay? So other than that, then we'll have a uh, distribution of equity amongst all the partners that we have. And then once we have distribution of equity and voting rights for everybody, then the next thing that we will be doing is we will be launching our Meta Exchange. So I'm hoping to get the burn done this week so that we can get Meta Exchange possibly up and running by next week. And now this will be a first version of the exchange and one of the reasons that I'm kind of pushing, I would have put this off a little bit longer, uh, but one of the reasons that I'm pushing to have this put together uh, already is because obviously with the collapse of local Bitcoin, uh, there is going to be a need in the space for uh, that kind of service. And we are hoping to step right into that uh, that area. So uh, on Meta Exchange, uh, it will basically be a peer-to-peer -peer metaverse goods and items trading platform. So you will not only be able to post your metas for sale, but if you have any NFTs or metaverse goods, you will also be able to list them for sale there. And then you will be able to execute the sales from the platform in both fiat and in cryptocurrencies. So I'm currently looking for 10 beta testers for the for the platform, and uh, you'll get to see the first iteration of it. You'll get to post your stuff on there. We'll get to try it out and see how it goes, and I'll have to probably make some changes and stuff to it, and then we'll go from there. But for right now, we are hoping to go live for beta testing uh, at some point next week, at least to get some beta testers on there. Uh, from 10, we will probably expand it to about 50, and then after that, we'll open it for mass adoption. Now, uh, why is Meta Exchange and uh, good, and what is Meta Exchange? Well, first, Meta Exchange is basically it's it's a person-to-person -person metaverse trading marketplace. Uh, first of all, okay, and then second of all, uh, Meta Exchange uh, allows people from different countries uh, to exchange their local currency into Meta, and uh, will allow users to create advertisements where they can choose the payment method and exchange rate for. Buying and selling meta tokens from and to other meta hedge users. So uh, basically, by replying to these advertisements, a trade chat will be opened and escrow protection will be automatically activated. And escrow will protect both the buyer and seller by keeping the meta safe until the payment is done and the seller releases meta to the buyer. So uh, Meta Exchange will also provide a chat interface from where you can anonymously chat about transactions with each other. So uh, this makes Meta Exchange very unique. Uh, and in addition to that, there are some other things that make it unique. Number number two is that Meta Exchange is a peer-to-peer -peer embracing the new, the true nature of uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, we are both quick and secure. Uh, we support a wide range of payment methods, including cryptocurrencies and fiat. Uh, and on Meta Exchange, you're dealing with humans. 
So uh, unlike decentralized exchanges and centralized cryptocurrency trading websites, MetaExchange will allow you to trade directly with another person. This makes the process customizable, lean and fast, and there's no corporate overhead. So you can get your crypto quickly. And just for the 2.5% fee that is uh, executed on the platform, you don't have to worry about anybody uh, you know, getting ripped off or anything of the sort. And uh, you can list and sell your both your tokens and your metaverse goods on there. So Meta Exchange aims to support every suitable payment uh, method its community supports. So for every trade, Meta Exchange will offer escrow protection to ensure uh, that both Meta and the both and the traders are safe. Uh, so uh, it's something that we've put a little bit of thought into, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get a chance to test out here very soon. Now, the vision uh, behind this is uh, to connect the world to the internet economy uh, through our whole through our partners. So uh, the focus is on the users and on the Meta Hedge community. Uh, we're ever expanding, like right now, and we want to make the global community accessible in all corners of the world through Meta Trading. So Meta Hedge gives power to individuals and communities bringing financial freedom and prosperity, especially to developing countries. So one of the things to think about these days is the unbanked, and that's one of the things that we aim to tackle uh, through uh, Meta Exchange. So Meta, uh, by the way, uh, the cryptocurrency token on Solana that we have, uh, not the Facebook group yet. Uh, hopefully, uh, enables financial inclusion in regions underserved by the traditional banking industry. So that makes our token borderless uh, right now. So uh, we are looking uh, for some partners that want to see the uh, meta economy grow. Uh, so I'm looking for some beta testers. So make sure that you drop me a line at cryptokeeper to you at gmail.com. And that will give you the opportunity to uh, to connect with me and at the same time um, uh, get your little your little exchange open. Uh, so basically, everybody on Meta Exchange has their own exchange. So that's why I said you can eventually not list not only your Meta for sale, but you can also list. Uh, you can also list products uh, up there, uh, NFTs and et cetera. So um, it's going to be very interesting. And I think uh, it's uh, well due. So anyways, uh, that's coming around the corner. So if you want to become a tester, like I said, go ahead and drop me a line. Now, uh, we uh, added a coin. So it's time for altcoins from the crypt. Uh, and we added a, a new altcoin to our to our portfolio this week. And since we've added it, uh, well, since the day we added it, it's gone down. Uh, well, first it went up to like 34 cents. And then after that, uh, it's currently dropped down to 31 and a half cents. So if you are looking to get more, now is the time to strengthen your position. This is going to be a good coin. Okay. So uh, don't take the, the current price action as it is right now. You know that I just talked about Bitcoin dominance. That's what's going on. So you will see a lot of the altcoins begin to dip as it goes along. Uh, but then after that, as a Bitcoin, uh, you know, stops going up, uh, which will probably be somewhere... Uh, 
around $30,000, then it's going to start moving sideways. First, it might start moving sideways a little bit now, between now and then, but we'll see. Right now, we have to keep an eye on the market because uh, until we have news tomorrow, uh, there is not going to be very much interesting movement. There'll basically be Bitcoin moving sideways and uh, for a little bit uh, with some some minor spikes up and down. And then uh, we will also, for intensive purposes, see altcoins dump as people, you know, put their money into either Bitcoin or uh, USDT at the time. So we'll see what happens with that. But anyways, the live uh, centrifuge, which is CFG price for today, is currently 31.7 cents at the time of recording this and uh, with a 24-hour trading volume at 341,284 USD. So uh, that is updated by uh, Coinbase uh, daily. So uh, let me see. So I guess since we currently got it, I just did the math on this right now. And Centrifuge is down 6.4% uh, since we picked it up, uh, which isn't like a huge pullback. And it's... Current coin market cap ranking is number 243 with a live market cap of 114,247,579 USD. So it has a circulating supply of 360 million coins uh, and uh, at the max and uh, the supply is currently not available, not all of it. So uh, if you want to know where to buy Centrifuge, right now it's available on KuCoin and grab it. Uh, it will probably be available at some point in the future on Coinbase as well or Coinbase Wallet if it's not already available there. So what is the big deal with Centrifuge and why did I jump on it? Well, Centrifuge is basically a decentralized asset financing protocol uh, and it connects decentralized finance, which is DeFi, uh, with real world assets. RWA, learn that term. Uh, this is something that MetaHedge is big into now with NFT authentication of real world assets or RWAs. While uh, Centrifuge, uh, basically, uh, anyways, it connects these items uh, while trying to lower the cost of capital for small and mid-sized enterprises, uh, SMEs, something else to learn about. But anyways, uh, these provide investors with a stable source of income. And the main goal of the project, basically, is to generate profits that are not tied to volatile crypto assets. The developers are currently pursuing the task of transferring real monetary value from fiat to cryptocurrencies. So companies are using Centrifuge currently to access the liquidity that DeFi has to offer. And uh, these can tokenize real world assets and use these tokens as collateral to access financing through Tinlake, which is a decentralized application. Adapt another shit to learn. <laughs> so there, I'm throwing, I'm throwing, uh, I'm throwing a glot. I'm gonna throw a glossary of of terms at you right now, and then I'll give you homework later on to go and figure them all out. All right. So uh, that's gonna be their lending protocol, by the way. So. The Centrifuge blockchain is built on Polkadot uh, for speed and low fees. So you know that we're invested in Polkadot on our portfolio. And while it's a financial dApp that Tinlake has built uh, to access Ethereum liquidity, Centrifuge provides liquidity to everyone and investors receive income and rewards in the form of CFG tokens. So Centrifuge uh, links assets such as invoices, real estate, and royalties with decentralized finance. Uh, additionally, borrows benefits 
benefit from the fact that they can finance their real-world assets without banks or other intermediaries. Now, who are the founders of Centrifuge? Centrifuge was launched in 2017 by Lucas Vogelsang and Martin Kensel. Uh, Lucas Vogelsang, by the way, is a founding engineer at Centrifuge and holds the position of the company's CEO. Vogelsang co-founded e-commerce uh, startup Dine Deal in 2010 uh, after successfully uh, selling uh, Dine Deal to Ringier, uh, he started uh, working on another startup Kaufta. So later Vogelsang relocated to Silicon Valley to join Talia as technical manager and in October of 2017 he co-founded Centrifuge. Kensel is a co-founder at Centrifuge and is currently COO. Prior to Centrifuge he founded Talia and Kensel began his career at SAP as a software development and architect developer and architect engineer so uh so there's your dev team this sounds like a power dev team to me um and actually i uh have heard of a vogel before so he is uh lucas vogel is well known in the cryptocurrency community uh as well so anyways the centrifuge protocol, uh, uh, what it actually does and what makes it unique, okay, what I like to say, what's its unfair advantage in the space uh, is that centrifuge protocol tokenizes real-world assets by converting them to non-fungible tokens. So after that, they're funded through Tinlake, and Tinlake is the first dApp built on the centrifuge chain. It was created to access liquidity on Ethereum, while CFG has its own bridge to Ethereum. The features of Centrifuge include integration with other DeFi protocols. Uh, this feature allows Centrifuge users basically to get liquidity without slowdowns and protects DeFi protocols from destabilizing events by adding uncorrelated collateral uh, as a result. So the cumulative risks are reduced and predatory lending and banks are replaced by smart contracts, which is the best way to go. If we had more, more smart contracts and less banks, uh, the entire space would be doing very, very good. So uh, and we're on our way to less banks as it is right now. So there you go. Uh, by the way, as of June uh, 20 of 20, uh, June of 2021, uh, Centrifuge has had the total locked value on the Polkadot system. Moreover, the project claims to be amongst the first to launch a parachain on Polkadot. So when the team designed the Centrifuge chain, operational speed and low feeds were prioritized uh, in its development. So uh, if you don't know about uh, about Polkadot, uh, then you're in trouble because it's actually part of our portfolio and you should be following that in the Show Me the Crypto page, which is on Facebook. So make sure that you jump on that and get a copy of your portfolio. Now, how many uh, CFG coins are there currently in circulation? CFG, uh, which is what we bought into, is the native token of Centrifuge and it powers the entire network. Uh, there's three major use case scenarios for CFG. Number one, staking, uh, paying transaction fees, and governance participation. So those are the three, staking, 
paying transaction fees and governance participation. Okay, uh, the token is also used to reward the liquidity providers on Tin Lake. So as of June 20 of 20, uh, as of June of 2021, the total supply is uh, 425 million CFG, growing at a rate of 3% per year. So the total supply of CFG tokens is currently distributed as follows, 27% to core contributors, 17% to total backers, 7.3 to rewards and grants, 9.5 to the community sale, and 11.9% to the foundation endowment, 7.1 to community grants, 10.8 to development grants, and 8.3 to the early ecosystem. So CFG uh, sale took place, uh, the, the sale basically took place uh, back in May of 2021 on CoinList, and the event was held in two stages, and the supply of tokens was limited uh, at 17 million for each round. Uh, currently, users pay transaction fees and CFG tokens and transaction aggregators on Polkadot uh, to, uh, to receive a share of the fee for processing and storing the data. Uh, this is how this entire centrifuge network is secured. These measures, as well as the NPOS, which is nominated proof of stake mechanism, and the CFG rewards uh, encourage users to operate fairly and to select data collectors that provides censorship resistance. Overall, most of the security comes from the Polkadot relay chain and use of Polkadot's protective mechanisms uh, provides Centrifuge with a high level of security at an extremely low cost when you really think about it. So there you go. Now, can you buy Centrifuge? Uh, yes, uh, and you should, and you should have already picked it up, and you should have picked it up on KuCoin, uh, which is a thing. So if you don't know how to purchase uh, stuff on KuCoin yet, first of all, go to the link on my page at CryptoLikeMe.com. Go all the way to the bottom to the KuCoin link, sign up there, get your KuCoin uh, set up. Then what you'll do is go to go to Coinbase, take some of your Tether, and transfer Tether over to KuCoin. And once you transfer your Tether over to KuCoin, you can purchase whatever you want on KuCoin. And then when you want to transfer it back to Coinbase, for example, you just uh, sell out of whatever you have or convert of whatever you have on KuCoin. You convert it back to USDT, and then you can send it all the way back to Coinbase. Okay, so that's how, how you will do do it. So uh, with that being said, um, it's probably not going to do an enormous amount of moving until uh, altcoin season kicks in. But when altcoin season kicks in, I have a feeling that this coin will take off. And the fact that it's extremely affordable right now, it's really worth a lot more. Uh, I think it can easily be a dollar coin. So at 30 cents, that's a huge bargain. So I would say buy into it as it is. Okay. All right, guys, so uh, we talked about what's going on at MetaHedge, and uh, we've covered the altcoin from the crypt. Uh, so keep an eye out this week. I'm going to, uh, about uh, midweek, I'm going to do a... a uh 
Coffee with Kryptoni, and that'll be on TikTok. And guys, I'm going to start to look for a different way to distribute uh, this information. Uh, basically, I get reached out on TikTok all the time, and a lot of people just don't like Facebook. Uh, they're like, we don't want to go on Facebook. They track everything or whatever, this or that. So they don't even want to join the groups on Facebook. But they do like and enjoy following me uh, here on the podcast and on TikTok. So uh, I am currently looking into another method. I most likely am going to get into a a Discord group. Uh, and once I get the Discord group going, uh, I will most likely uh, close the other groups like Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But first, we'll make sure that everybody transitions over and can get on the Discord group. If I, if I don't use Discord as a platform, then we'll see what I do use as a platform. But uh, in the meantime, uh, I want to be able to to get the the portfolio. Maybe what I'll do is I'll put it on my own website and then I'll just give you guys that follow me on TikTok and stuff like that, give you guys like a password or something that you have to uh, get along and then uh, maybe you get it right on TikTok for free. I'm not going to charge you or anything. I just uh, want to have control over the information. And I also don't want a bunch of assholes like getting on the groups and stuff like that because it just makes it a drag if all you're doing is like ever, you know, uh, defending this and that or whatever. Basically, I give you the information I get. I'm doing what you're I'm doing what I'm doing and you can choose to do it or not. Uh, most likely don't. Uh, it's for entertainment purposes only. Watch me do it. And that's that. Okay? Because I'm not qualified, not a qualified financial uh, advisor. So with that being said, if you don't do anything until the next time that we meet, just buy the freaking dip, man. This has been Tales from the Cryptocurrency. Our passion is to teach everyone from teens to boomers about NFTs, cryptocurrencies, how to invest, and how to stay safe. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to smash the like button and leave a review. Even bad reviews help, so please do it. For questions or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit MyMetaHedge.com or send an email to CryptoKeeper, the number two, the letter U, at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group at Tales from the Cryptocurrency. And join Cryptoni airdrops on Stockforge by using the promo code Cryptoni and try it free for 30 days. See you next time on Tales from the Cryptocurrency.